You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Wounded Warrior Project is working to foster the most successful generation of veterans in our nation's history. One of the ways they do that is through adaptive sports. Veterans are some of the most resilient people on the planet. It's not about what you can't do after experiencing injury or illness. It's about tapping into what you can do. Learn more about how Wounded Warrior Project's adaptive sports programs are changing lives at www.woundedwarriorproject.org sports. This show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Listen up, NFL fans. K just dropped a collection of officially licensed NFL jewelry. Shop your favorite team in the True Fans Fine Jewelry Collection at k.com slash truefans. Gear up for the season and celebrate the love of the game with K. It's about to go. Yeah. This is the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Where we talk history of the game numbers and stats. And each week we highlight a charity that's doing good. If you haven't subscribed yet, then you should. Because I'm this, 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 this the, the real deal. And you know I gotta shout out the Buffalo Bills. Turn it up to the max. Sit back and relax. This the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Let go. What's up, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Buffalo Nerd. Uh, this week, you guys are fortunate enough that I'm joined by another guest, so we're not going to just hear Colt ramble or try to ramble about uh, sports and football for a little while. This week, I'm uh, really actually super excited uh, because you guys know that I like to try to bring on the female voices in sports. Uh, this gal that I'm going to be chatting with today is kicking ass in the fantasy space right now, so I'm super excited. Uh, we'll get into how cool she really is. As we get a little deeper into this thing, or she she's giving me faces right now like she doesn't <laughs> think she's that cool. But this week I'm joined by Lauren Carpenter. Um, I'm not going to rattle off every last thing that Lauren does. Uh, she is AKA, as you can see on the screen if you're watching, the stepmom Lauren. Um, but Lauren, welcome into the show. Thank you very much for being here. Why don't you go ahead and uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so I am a fantasy football, obviously, uh, writer and analyst and podcaster. Um, the various places that I currently contribute to are the Fantasy Footballers, Fantasy Pros, NBC Sports Edge, and most recently, the Football Guys. So, yeah, there's a lot. I do a lot, but I love it. It's my it's my my jam. So if I were to ask you if you knew anything thing about football would you say yes or no I'd be like yeah I think I hope so just a little bit? Just a little bit. I like being that person that, uh, you know, when you hear people talking at bars and stuff and I mean, we live in Florida, so that really never changed. Even during the pandemic, nobody cares. It's just Florida. <laughs> that's how we roll. So every time I hear people talking, they're usually dudes talking about football. I'm like, oh, and I like get involved in the conversation very quickly. They're like, you know more than me and I don't like you. It's like, eh, whatever. It's my job. So, yeah, so that, boo-hoo on that- you. That- 
That's right. That's right. I actually, <laughs> when I, I mentioned that when I first started, like the very first episode, when I said that I wanted to bring on females in sports, because I was like half the time they know more than the guys do. Right. Like, so it's like you start chatting to them and they like blow you out of the water and they instantly have to be like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah absolutely. <laughs> like, who's this girl? Holy crap. Know, it's, so yeah. it, it's got to be fun for you to at least be able to lay that out on people. It is, but I hope I don't come off as super like, oh, she's trying to be such a know-it-all and come in. I just genuinely really like, A, to talk to people. And my poor husband, he's had to put up with this for 11 years now. And B, I love football. So those two things combined are absolutely perfect for me. But I do get really excited and I will go up to random people that I do not know and just start chatting. I'm like, oh my gosh, do you play fantasy football? They're like, yeah, weirdo, step off. I don't know who you are. It's yeah, funny. Right. Well, I'm actually stepping Lauren and um, I'm actually pretty big in the fantasy space. I'm kind of space, a big so. deal. Yeah, no. I'm kind of a big deal right now. So <laughs> no. no, I can tell just watching you and I know you're, you're big, your partner on the two point stance. So that's one of the things you do is Dave Kluge, super humble guy right you guys i watch both you guys uh you know neither one of you are like people that like try to really act like you know what you're talking about in the space even though you 100 percent know what you're talking about in the space (laughs) right you know it's like and it's just uh, that's what i enjoy about watching guys even when i was watching uh yesterday a little bit you know it's it's just fun to watch you guys chat because it's genuine it's it's clean it's cool Uh, i I think you guys do a great job so anyways before we get uh too deep into uh talking about football stuff every week on the nerd we like to highlight a charity um and obviously this week lauren got to choose the charity so uh she chose the aspca which is uh super cool uh when she said when she mentioned that i was like all right cool because she's like i'm a dog pet person you know and i'm like i obviously i have a dog that was a rescue you know so this is you know a big thing to me and moving forward uh, with the show i'm going to be uh sitting down with charities once a month and actually today i'm going to be uh, recording later in the day with the local buffalo rescue that they're going to be the charity that we're highlighting this month oh, for. so it actually kind of aligns yeah so very cool How- so why don't this you was tell us? meant yeah. to be. This was meant is, to be right? called. So yes. You said it and I was like, all right, that's kind of interesting yes, that it all felt like did. that because yeah. uh, I'm doing that later today. So very cool. But why don't you tell me why you chose the ASPCA? So I am an animal person. I love animals. They are kind of like my children. So my my Twitter handle is Stepmom Lauren. I don't have any what I call bio children. I have bonus children, which are my stepkids. Um, and so not only do they get all my maternal instincts, but like my poor pets do all also, but I've been like this since I was a little kid. Like my mom always told me, she's like, you can make friends with a polar bear. And that means like strangers, but also animals. I love them so much. And they don't have a voice. They don't have, they don't speak English. They don't have a way to reach out. And there are so many pets that go, you know, um, not only neglected and abused, but just homeless. And it's, it's really, really sad. And there are, you know, so many families out there that could really use a good rescue dog that or a cat, anything that just loves you unconditionally, which animals do anyway, but I feel like rescues really give you that extra thanks and love and, and um, just so many wonderful things, especially service animals too. They're great for that industry. So it's really, really special to me. I'm one of those ones that I can't watch their commercials. I start crying immediately. Right. As soon as I hear Sarah McLaughlin, I'm like, no, change the channel. I can't do it because I will be in tears. It will be awful. And it's just, but I still, I love the ASPCA and it is, and also the Humane Society. So basically any shelter, any animal shelter that's around you. Um, I mean, even if it's just donating a, a little bit of time or, you know, right. a couple dollars here and there, or just maybe spreading awareness about it is very special. 
I've had several rescue pets. In fact, my cat currently is my rescue ferocious feline and I love him dearly and he's hilarious. You'd never know he was a rescue, like a feral stray cat. You'd, you'd never know it. But yeah, it's a very special um, organization. I think they do a really good job in a, yeah, just animals out there are cool. Animals are really awesome. Some, and they're better than people. They really Sorry. Are. No offense. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I think everybody that has animals would agree with that. Right. I mean, so we have a rescue dog and the, we have a cat that's a rescue as well. Right. So they, you know, and they're both, the, you know, kind of the coolest things that happen to us, you know, personally, yeah. you know, like in our lives and stuff like that, you know, so it's very cool. And like you mentioned, there's so many ways that you can help out with this, right? It doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be that you got mm-hmm. time. And the other cool thing about it is there's one in your backyard, oh, I'm yeah. sure, right? If you go and you look, there's a shelter in your backyard somewhere is your city, your town, whatever, next town over, there's probably, you know, a shelter somewhere that could use some help, some, whether it's funding. I mean, I think a lot of them still even do things where you can drop off like dog I was food just and stuff gonna like that. I mean, say- some of that's probably cut. Yeah. down a little bit because of COVID a little bit. Maybe, I was just going to say I'm sure some of that stuff's still going on. Yeah. Too, right. And so even there's a lot of ways and a lot of help. these places they put on events and, um, you know, they have these, you know, um, I, I, I guess events. Let's just leave it at events. I don't have to try to find other words for the same thing that I mean here. Um, but just like I said, donating your time, you know, like volunteer and, you know, like hang out and play with even just playing with animals not only will help you feel better, but it helps them get socialized. And, you know, it's it's so important, and especially here in Florida, when we have a ton of hurricanes, we have a lot of people that just leave their pets. It's just the most heartbreaking thing in the world. And like we will literally, our shelters will overfill with animals. And that's really kind of what drew me to specifically a lot of the Florida places around here is, is because of that. So it's um, never, never enough help can be given to organizations like that. Yeah, it's very cool. I mean, bringing up stuff like that. I mean, people I don't think tend to think about things like that, that that's a lot of what really takes yeah. place, right? Or just like, you know, you never know, or pets have to ru- get out in the front yard and they never come back and then somebody has to mm-hmm. take care of them, right? And that's, that could be you. Yep. That could be, uh, you know, doing it just through going and helping out at the shelter for a time being or fostering, you know, doing all those things, even if you can only do it time being. So of course, uh, like we do every week, all the notes will be in there, uh, you know, in the show notes, you'll be able to find the link. If I I would imagine most people know what, know where this one's at, you know, or have your local shelter, that kind of stuff, but it'll be in the notes anyways, for you guys to link over. They do have other stuff there too. That's resources. If you just need help with like training or you have it all, or, you know, you're trying to figure things out too. So everything's there. Uh, it's easy to donate, you know, help out if you can. Should we, um, Segway Absolutely. Let's do it. Because I'm, I'm, I'm really curious, even though I heard a little bit of your opinion on a couple of these things yesterday, because <laughs> I watched your show and, you know, I think a lot of people are, are talking about the same kind of things, but obviously the huge news, right, is Julio's number two now, I guess, which everybody seems to think it's cool that he's number two. I'm not really sure why we're massive fans of the single digit thing or whatever on players and stuff, but okay, he's number two now, but what happens now? I mean, like what it, Who's the winner of this for you? The realistically? Titans. <laughs> Just across the board. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's it's them I and mean, nobody else, right? I mean, yeah, that's what it honestly, feels like. I believe the entire organization for the Titans is uh, is a winner here. Most, I think, specifically, I'm going to point AJ Brown. Um, he is considered that wide receiver one. Maybe now he's technically a wide receiver two, but you're talking about a one A one B situation. And what really helped right. AJ Brown take off was that Corey Davis was taking a lot of these uh, a lot of de- defenses, and it was difficult to really, you know, figure out what was going to go on with that passing game, even though the offense 
offense was going through Derrick Henry, it really didn't matter because there were two weapons, you know, pass catching as long as Johnny Smith. So you take away two options for Ryan Tannehill and that leaves AJ Brown, which was wonderful for volume, but not necessarily when it comes to, you know, creating separation coverage issues. So having Julio Jones there um, really allows him to, I guess, have a little bit more opportunity that he has shown he can capitalize and and go with. And I love AJ Brown so much. Um, this also helps Ryan Tannehill. So Ryan Tannehill having another huge target like Julio Jones, it's it's amazing. This also helps Derrick Henry because if they can scheme this a very well balanced, and of course it's going to be a little bit more heavily on the run game because it is Derrick Henry. But when you have a healthy passing game, you have a healthy run game by default, and defenses are going to be you know a little bit more aware. You know, they're not going to be like, okay, this is just the Derrick Henry show. So this helps the Titans. It helps them win games. It it creates this kind of a a lethal weapon in this division that is like quite frightening and very exciting when it comes to fantasy purposes, because I cannot wait to watch them play this year. Yeah, I mean, I think people underestimate like they the Titans are quietly good and they've been good. Like, I mean, they were in the AFC championship just a couple of years ago. They made the playoffs again last year. They've mm-hmm. been good. And that hasn't been with Julio Jones. That's been with AJ Brown making his name for himself a little bit last year, but it's been Derrick Henry, right? I mean, that's, that's been the show and they've been able to yeah. win like that. So now you're going to get AJ Brown. Who's going into another year where he's, he's shown that he can dominate, right? He can be that guy. And now you're putting Julio across from him. And yes, he's the big body. Corey Davis is a big body too. I, I get that. Right. But mm-hmm. this is a different level yeah. of big you can't, body. Like Corey right? Davis, I mean, this, Julio this guy Jones. does different mm-hmm. things. Right? <laughs> yeah. This guy, yes. this guy does different things. Right. And I think the, the, the scariest part for me actually is the last piece that you mentioned is now how free is Derrick Henry going to yeah. be? Right. Because like now you what are you going to do? Like you're not you're not going to have one on ones on the outside trying to fill the box against Derrick Henry. You know, you got to you got to make a move now. And that move could be detrimental. Exactly. <laughs> you know, because if he gets going, exactly. you're in big, you big give trouble. Him any I know a steam. lot of people. You give, you give Derrick Henry any, any steam. Watch out. Ask Josh Norman. It just it just you. You will be mm-hmm. in the stands. He yeah. will pick you up and physically throw you out of the stadium and be like, sorry, you know, as he goes by it. It's that is it's terrifying. And to think how creative that this yeah. offense can get with Julio Jones. I mean, it's it's kind of insane. I, I am I like becoming a Titans fan. It sounds like I it am. I am gushing like over are. here. <laughs> You're definitely not going to be a Bills fan after the slight little dagger that was thrown at the Josh Moore, Josh Norman stiff arm from Derrick Henry there. I saw he slid that one in nicely. The Bills Mafia is going to be like, I do love Josh Norman, though. One thing I will say just real quick to talk about Josh Norman is um, he's had a reputation for kind of being a loudmouth. Have you really have we really heard much from him in the last year or so? Like, no, it's really awesome. He's like, no, I'm I'm in no. football. I'm doing this. Even when that whole play happened, he was just like, whatever, it's football, like moving on on to the next thing. I love that. Yeah, he, he's at, he, the only thing you hear from him now, actually, is uh, he was huge in the Buffalo business blitz. He was doing a awesome. lot for small Good businesses in Buffalo during during COVID. So that that was actually That's the awesome. only thing you're him. really hearing from him. So, Jalen Ramsey can learn from that, by yeah, the way. So I. Just saying. Yeah, Just right. Saying. There's other guys, absolutely a ton of guys that could learn, learn. I I always understand the mentality in the NFL when you're the alpha that you have to act like you're the alpha, but there's ways to be the alpha on the field and understand how to be an alpha yeah. differently off the field. And you know, mm-hmm. some guys just aren't very good at that. They should so, go to the but, shelter and learn what yeah, a so real me, alpha I, dog looks like. 
there it is. Right. We can set him up for some, some shelter time and he can volunteer and help out. So I've, I've been hearing a lot of chatter now that people are like, the Titans are in the Super Bowl mix now. And then a lot of people are like, are you crazy? You're out of your mind. And I'm like, well, how, how wouldn't they be at this point? I mean, they've, yes, they lost Smith in the middle and things like that, but I, I'm not sure that that really was the way they were going to be moving forward. Anyways, I think they want to open it up a little more with Ryan mm-hmm. Tannehill because he's capable of doing it as much as people don't want to think that he is go look at his numbers. He's, he's put up Pat Mahomes type numbers in the past three years. If you go and actually look at it, like nobody pays attention because they look at records, you know, win losses. But if you go and look at Tannehill stats over the last few seasons are very comparable to Mahomes. So yes. this team's dangerous. I, I'm glad we, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'm not looking forward to having matchups against Tennessee this year. I mean, and they typically have had our number already. So I think there's been a huge changing in the guard with this move in the AFC, AFC period, I think, you know, but it's going to, it's going to be a ripple. It's going to be very fun to watch for for sure. sure. Let's move to a different, a different conference. That's going to the NFC side, because we got a quarterback battle that's going to take place, or I guess, uh, one of them's not a quarterback or like, yeah, I mean, so we got a quarterback battle that's going to happen in New Orleans, right? Between Hill and Winston. Now I want to know where you stand on this because everybody's all over the place. Obviously in the fantasy world, Hill gets like no love. So if you really believe in him, like in some best ball type stuff, he gets like no love. So if you really believe in him, he could be like the biggest winner for you. Right. But where do you stand on this? Who's going to be the this quarterback? This is going to be really opinion, tough for me. Um, I honestly think that this may be a situation where we see both. Um, I wonder how much Taysom Hill is going to move back to his former Swiss Army knife gadget uh, type role that he's even better now with those quarterback uh, capabilities that we'll see him in the red zone acting as the quarterback, but we'll see him as a tight end on the field, you know, in between the 20s. And then Jameis Winston is going to be the starter. Either way, it's very confusing when it comes to those two players specifically. But I think what really boils down to this Saints offense is how this is going to affect Alvin Kamara. So Jameis Winston historically has only targeted running backs about 18% of the time in the last four years which isn't a lot. Drew Brees was at 28% because you have Alvin Kamara, right? But when Drew Brees got hurt, I believe it was week 10 and he like pulled himself out of the game because he hurt his thumb. It was Jameis Winston who took over, which was really weird that Taysom Hill played the next four weeks when it was Jameis Winston that played the remaining 34 snaps. And he had 10 attempts, I believe, and six completions in those 34 snaps. But four of those were two, four of those completions, I should say, were to Alvin Kamara. So he kind of moved away from what we classically knew of him in Tampa Bay. So this doesn't necessarily um, portend anything horrible for Kamara if it's uh, Jameis Winston, whereas I know a lot of people are upset about that. And then if you look at the Taysom Hill side when it comes to him being the quarterback, you look at what he was unable to do with Kamara that Hill um, Winston was able to do in 34 snaps. It took Taysom Hill two or three weeks to get there until finally on, I think the the last thing was week four. Don't quote me on that one. I believe it was the fourth week that he was starting week 14, maybe 13 or something like that. Then he got him, he got Kamara 10 targets and then they started to get rolling and then Kamara started to do a little bit better in fantasy. But Taysom Hill is one of those guys that relies on his legs and 
I think that was mostly for safety when he was, you know, first becoming that starter because I think he was a little nervous. He had some duck passes that were pretty bad. So he got it together. So that shows me that, okay, he can get it done. Now, what does this mean as a whole? What are we talking about for fantasy? This is definitely going to drop Alvin Kamara down a little bit, but he is an elite running back. No question about it. He did finish as the RB1 last year. It was a hot mess of a year. We didn't have Christian McCaffrey. We barely saw Saquon Barkley. Ezekiel Elliott, just what happened to you? You know, you have fingers and hands. Try using them when you're Mm -hmm. running with a football. So, I mean, it was bad, but that helped him finish really high. And before, if Drew Brees wouldn't have retired, then his draft stock, he'd probably be the 101 or the 102 right behind Christian McCaffrey. I still think he probably should be, but you don't necessarily have to worry about that because I think he will fall uh, probably fourth, fifth, sixth pick in the first round. And I think that's where he needs to be. Um, I don't mind trading for him. If you're in a dynasty league, it's still going to be pretty pricey. He is Alvin Kamara, but a lot of people are really worried about it. I am not as much. Um, I am more worried about Michael Thomas because we still don't have a solid wide receiver two for the saints that can do a AJ Brown, Julio Jones, if we're going to go back to our previous team is really going to have that one, two punch, uh, be able to confuse defenses. I mean, Alvin Kamara is basically their wide receiver too. I mean, he, I think he led the team in targets. I mean, that's well, Michael Thomas was also hurt. He only played like eight games or something. So it's tough because Jameis Winston is a turnover machine. Uh, Taysom Hill's a runner. So it's, it's kind of tough. Like the Saints are going to be interesting this year. And that division in the NFC South is going to be, I think, up for grabs, especially with uh, this new change. Speaking of Julio Jones, this new change that we have with the Falcons and then Tampa Bay is coming back. I mean, their entire team is back. And that like from a Super Bowl win. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. a lot of momentum. That's going to be hard to slow down. And the Panthers. OK, they have Sam Darnold, whatever. Sorry. Sorry, Panthers yeah. fans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I agree that div- it, to me, the division does feel a little up for grabs in that aspect as well, no matter who it's going to be, because I think the Saints still have a good defense. I think they're still going to have a good game plan. They mm-hmm. understand how to win in their division. Right. And so they got Atlanta, who I, I'm not sure that they know what they're doing right now. I mean, they're not showing me that they know what they're doing by, you know, getting rid of one of the best players in the league. I get maybe you need to make a transition, but while you still got your old I'm worried about Matt Ryan there, I'm not for that sure reason. That yep. The transition was to get rid of the wide receiver. Yeah, well, why get rid of the wide receiver? Maybe it was just time to move on from your $45 million quarterback <laughs> and try somebody different with these outstanding wide receivers that you have. And now this kid that you drafted is the highest a tight end's gone, you know, in a long time. And – your, and your defense is still it, the so same I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Colt. I'm sorry. I just right. want to make so sure I, I say and, this before I forget. This is what worries me about everyone is so excited about Kyle Pitts. And you always have to remember that, yes, he's a unicorn. He's a freak of nature. That There's no argument there. But rookie tight ends really struggle in the NFL. And it's not their fault nor lack of talent. It's just it's a completely different world than it is from college, obviously. I'm not saying this like from experience. Obviously, I didn't play in college or the NFL, obviously. But I'm saying this from a historical perspective. So It's really hard to get rid of someone like Julio Jones and then have Kyle Pitts be like, but we have Kyle Pitts. You know, you still also have Hayden Hurst. Are they going to go to like a two tight end split here? What, you know, is Calvin Ridley going to have to shoulder all of this by himself, which he can. He has proven that he can just gobble fantasy points without Julio Jones. So I'm not necessarily as worried about that, but it's it's weird. It's going to be it's going to be a I I think it's going to be a mess. I hope it's not for all my Falcons friends out there. 
it is it does feel super weird too because even Hayden Hurst he was an early pick for them that was not a just wasted draft pick I mean they they took him fairly well, early on I believe too the, so yeah, they got Hayden Hurst from the Ravens yeah in this tight end position oh yeah from the Ravens yes he got drafted yes. like first early from the Ravens and then traded to them so he's he's a young tight end too so I agree with you in that aspect like what are they going to do there and then yeah. the backfield <laughs> I mean, Mike Davis looks, it looks like he's going to be able to run. Right. But what does that mean? Like, I'm not scared of your backfield at this point either. Right. So what am I scared of on your team? That's going to make me just be like, well, just double the pits kid and double the Ridley guy. And we'll see if anybody else on the field can beat us, which I don't think they can because (laughs) Matt Ryan's not running anywhere. (laughs) Uh, Like, yeah, what are we going to do? Right. Like, yeah. And I, I actually think at this point, Carolina is, is way better than Atlanta. I, I mean, I feel like I feel like they're trending in a complete opposite direction. Like they're going to be a team to contend with in the division in the next couple of years, I would say. Well, we're going to find yeah. out with the Saints what's going to happen with their quarterback the situation. They open. might be yeah. coming right back down. And Tampa, yeah, Tampa's brought them all back, but they won a Super mm, Bowl. It took yes, a while. But they weren't that good in the regular season. Right. It took to, them time to care. To actually it learn took the them playbook, time to care enough Tom Brady? to start playing right <laughs> as a team. Yeah. It took him a while. Yeah. It took him a while. So another guy I want to chat with you about, cause it's another division that's always up in the air, but he was killing it before he got hurt. He's got a trio of great offensive players around Love him. him. What does Dak Prescott do for you? Because personally I, I am an, I anti the Cowboys as a team. But I'm not scared. Of I do. I love, them and fantasy. I don't blame so you. Um, you're, you're a love. It's either like you love the Cowboys or you hate the Cowboys. If you're a real football fan, and if you're a fantasy football fan, it's more like I dislike the Cowboys, but I'll stomach them. You know what I mean? And you kind of have to do that. Yeah, I, I right. completely understandable. Well, especially with Jason I, Garrett. I get that. But so I like Dak Prescott coming back. Um, hopefully, he stays healthy. That's obviously going to be a big question mark here. But they really didn't do all that much to improve their defense so significantly that it's going to show me that their defense is going to be so competitive that they're not going to have to score a lot of points to win. They will have to continue to score high point totals, which means high fantasy points for these stud players like Dak Prescott and like Ezekiel Elliott, who I think is going to have a bounce back year as well. Like I said before, at least maybe he grew some hands and fingers in the offseason so that he can hang on to the rock. That'd be helpful. Um, But yeah, so you have C.D. Lamb, who's going to be in his second year. Michael Gallup, I think, is going to do great with Dak Prescott. They have a lot of chemistry going in. So there's there's lots of things going on here for the Cowboys that it makes me very excited about Dak Prescott. Now, what I am concerned with is where he's going in the draft, because I usually like to wait on my quarterback, depending on the league. So if he's going a little too high, I might have to pass just because I need other position groups higher than I would that quarterback position where Dak is going. But if he continues to fall or if he does start to fall, because ADP is everywhere right now because it's the off season and we're looking at dynasty and we're looking at all these different things. Mm-hmm. So where I feel comfortable with him is preferably sixth, seventh round or later. And I don't think he's going to fall there. So I doubt I'm going to have Dak Prescott on any of my leagues, but if you have a keeper and you have that choice with high quarterback scoring, he's someone I would not mind hanging on to, but I'm excited about him and what he brings to the entire Cowboys offense from a fantasy standpoint, not for real life. I have a lot of Eagles friends. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> See, that's the other piece of this for me that is uh, that I question a little bit is I feel like at least two of the teams in the division have phenomenal defenses. I think the Giants have a good defense, and I think that Washington is just a great, great defense, and they are, like, super scary. So that's where I have a little bit of trouble with Dak. But also, it's mostly <laughs> just my hatred for the two Super Bowls that they beat us in back in the day. But anyway, uh, I find it hard to not get them, but I think I agree with you. I don't, I don't tend to go after the quarterback high enough I think to go get Dak Prescott is kind of my thing and I think if I was going to go high enough yeah. there's somebody else that I would probably chase at that high of a point than yeah. him mostly because I don't like Mike McCarthy either even though I think that but he smashes he's just watermelons kind of Colts he I'm, smashes I'm they did because like you said I don't I don't know he's, if they did he's, yeah, super <laughs> yeah I know he's so Sorry. hardcore yeah he's so hardcore <laughs> when they when they when when one of the best franchises in football, let's go with their head coach. I don't think you stand in line and say, yeah, come over here. Come over here. Right. Like, he I don't understand how he got a job in his interview. But yeah. That's like, that's he played, and then the he point. admitted it. Like, what? Yeah. yeah like, yeah, like I just I, I have a hard time with him, but I do think that Dak has all the skills to do it. And he's got like you said, CD should have a great year. Gallup should have a great year. The tight end position's a little up in the air for me I'm on that one. About I've heard the Schultz side about of it. I heard the Jarwin side of it. I don't really care either way. Yeah. I don't I don't think I'd be there either way. I don't think they're a team that I'd be targeting in that position necessarily unless I have to. But he should have a bounce back year. I don't I don't with Zeke behind you. Even if he does sort of what he's supposed exactly. to. And so the way that I look at it is, like I mean, Dak I would love to have, to have Dak Prescott on my squad. There's just no, there's no way around that. But in the sixth round, if I can get myself a solid RB2 flex or a wide receiver three, I may take that because there are other quarterbacks that I would like to have on my roster. Speaking of Washington, Ryan Fitzpatrick is one of them. Another one is Carson Wentz. He's pretty low on the totem pole as well from rankings that I have seen this early, which is still June. So, I mean, he's got a better offensive line. He's got actual weapons around him and he's He's back with Frank Reich, so hopefully he can stay out of his own way and stay out of his own head, and I think that will produce fantasy points as well. So that's what I don't like about it. Like sometimes I, I'm in this one league where we score our quarterbacks score ridiculous amounts of points. I'm talking about 70 points and above just for your quarterback. So they're the first ones off the board. I like that because I could just be okay. like, good, I'm done. Yay. <laughs> then just worry about everything right. else after that. Instead of playing that waiting game good. to yeah, see like, yeah. can I wait one more round? Can I wait one more round? <laughs> I know me too. I always wait one too many. Right. Cause I, I keep waiting and I'm waiting and I'm like, yeah, I'll just take this guy. And then it's get there. And I'm like, and yeah, I'll be fine one. with this guy. And I move myself <laughs> down and then I move myself down again. And then no, by the time I look up, I'm exactly. like, why is Sam Darnold here and nobody else? You know, sure. like what just happened to I me? I may have I'm said like, that exact same thing I mean, two years in a row off, with but, Sam Darnold. You know, but, it did not yeah, work. We'll yeah. I would, I, I've kind of thought he could pull it off the past couple of years too, but being that well, Adam Gase was there, I had my, I, I always thought it was not really possible, but in this situation Agreed. he's going to, I think he's Agreed. in a much better situation to actually potentially succeed and at least yeah. get to throw the ball around to some guys that Christian can catch McCaffrey it and, and you got yourself a touchdown. And you've Come got on, the best easy peasy. The, yeah. You got the best back in the field. It, yeah. I mean, like how many touchdowns is he going to get when it is just a screen I'm pass in. and he's going to to get an 80 yard touchdown because <laughs> McCaffrey does all the work. Points in the bank, like, baby. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm thinking, yeah, exactly. right? That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, points are points. Yeah, points are points. So, so let me ask you if you get your one oh, guy this right is now, so anybody hard. that you want, who you take? Okay. 
oh, this is not okay. I should not be seeing this, but I've played. It's not okay. I've planted my flag on this guy. I am not going to go with anyone obvious like Travis Kelsey. Nay, I will not do that. Two players I am really trying to choose between. But you know what? I'm going to go controversial. I'm going to go spicy, Colt. I'm going to do it. I'm planting my flag and I'm taking Logan Thomas. Tight end for Washington. Yes, I love Logan Thomas. I love him. To death. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm obviously super familiar with him, right? He was he was a Bills guy for a little bit there. We let him go to Washington, and then he just excelled magically. You know, as soon as he became a tight end, instead of whatever we were trying to do with. I mean, he was, was playing he a little bit of tight end. He was just buried on the depth chart yeah. at that time. But I've yeah. I've heard a lot of back and forth on him. Yeah, initially, yeah, Virginia Tech quarterback. Yeah, so he he um he actually I've heard back and forth a lot on him. So it's funny that you say it. A lot of initially everybody was like, yep, 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 that's the guy, that's the guy. And then I've heard a lot lately, like, no, he's not the guy. It's that it's going to be just a one and done. It's going to be a one and done. And I'm like, Fitzpatrick is going to hit. I mean, we saw Gusecki start to excel when Fitzpatrick was in there. I don't see how Logan Thomas isn't going to excel, especially when he's got good wide receivers running around on the field with him now, too. I mean, McLaren is a stud. He's going to be a stud. Fitzpatrick is going to sling this ball around, whether he's going to find a way and he likes big targets when he gets near the end zone. I just, I find it hard to believe that he's not going to be relevant, especially in a position that nobody's relevant outside of like the top three. I, it's, right? oh, like, so, it's, so, it's so stressful. I mean, the tight end's the dumbest position. I like it, it's getting to the point where I almost feel like we should walk, <laughs> we should like swap out offensive line for tight end because they would be yeah. able to like get Look pancake out. blocks and stuff. And we'd be able to get probably <laughs> yeah, more no, of those in the game than we would out of half the yeah, tight ends in the me, league the right now. Thing, you brought up Kasiki. Yeah, I, I like that. I don't That's understand how people were so excited about Gasicki with Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami, but they're not excited about Logan Thomas with Ryan Fitzpatrick at Washington. It doesn't make sense to me because Logan Thomas, just like Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas got it done. Whoever was at quarterback, there were three different people who played quarterback for Washington, and he was able to be successful on a team that struggled. He was able to come down with the football, get you fantasy points, and he was rather consistent about it, as you said, in a mm-hmm. dumpster fire of a position that is incredibly thin and it's hard to come by. I like Logan Thomas. I like him a lot. Now, I've heard the argument that Curtis Samuel being with the Washington football team is going to uh, take down his target totals. That is definitely possible. But I believe that Logan Thomas is going to continue to be that red zone, end zone target for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Terry McLaurin is also going to ball out. I do not think that Curtis Samuel is going to be that one that takes away all this volume from both of these players. I think they're going to use Curtis Samuel creatively, kind of like they did with the Panthers a little bit. He's going to be involved in pass catching, but he's also going to be involved in the run game, which I find very interesting because they lost Jarek McKinnon. So it wait, was McKinnon with Washington or with uh, San Fran? Shoot. Never mind. Either way, they do have Antonio Gibson, who I do love, but that's because they get still there. So he's kind of, yeah, but I I don't know. I just, it's a gut check. But that's it. Exactly. It's like a gut check for me. If I don't anyone, have Samuel's a lot of analysis enough to speak to Curtis yeah. Samuel only other than what my eyeballs have told me and what my gut's kind of telling me about what his role is going to be on the offense. Because of what I saw last year between Logan Thomas and between Terry McLaurin and what I believe they can do again this year from a stable quarterback. Actually, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not stable. He's crazy. And I absolutely love that. How about a consistent starting quarterback who's going to go out there and sling it and not care even if his head's getting ripped off? Yeah, he's going to be the one to provide those opportunities. How are they not going to succeed? Even if a few 
fewer targets. Okay, whatever. I still think that they're going to be successful in this. And I'm I'm in. I'm all in on Logan Thomas. Right. I think the big change this year, too, is going to be that if there's one offense that didn't do that That's great true. last they, year, they crushed it because it. of the quarterback. This defense gets them the ball all the time. I mean, they are going to have opportunities to get the ball back immediately. This offense, if they start to score like they couldn't last year, they're going to put teams in such a terrible position that they're going to have to deal with that pass rush legit every single play trying to make a comeback. Fitzpatrick's going to have tons of opportunity this year. I When he did his little, did you see the uh, oh, little minicamp no. thing? He wrote like, I need to go look for on it. On the chalkboard, did you see that Washington did that? Oh, you need to go find that on Twitter. So they did like kind of like how you would first day of mini camp, like you would at kindergarten. And they're like, hi, my name is and this I'm this tall and this and whatever. And so Fitzpatrick did his and he's got like a mean mug face or whatever. Dude, right? He should and have been in the conversation I, I, every could year. Could Fitzpatrick be the MVP this year? I mean, <laughs> I like love him. He, <laughs> I agree. He, he could legit. He's got the this is the best team he's had. In, I think in a while offensively that he's going to get to play with. Oh, God. Uh, so I, I'm excited to see what he can do. And that division's always in shambles a little bit, right? So, I mean, it's it's going to be fun. Oh, we wow. get in week 17. Ooh, that'll, be come, come that'll be a good game. That'll be a good game. That'll be a good game. You know, I just had a premonition. Season, so I know it, it'll be kind of cool. that inevitably, because yeah, be cool I'm in a lot of leagues, I will have at least one league that my roster is Ryan Fitzpatrick, Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, and Antonio Gibson. I would not be surprised mm. if I do that kind of on accident. <laughs> Just the Washington stack. <laughs> Crazy. But that sounds like it's a great po- it's lineup. Possible. <laughs> it's yeah. very possible. I mean, I you could legit see though that they could do it. Yeah, they could pull it off, right? I mean, you're getting probably three touchdowns, yeah. and you know, somebody's getting over a hundred yards. Would be def- and the I, I know I'll do it. Over I'm gonna screenshot I mean, it for it, you and it, I'm gonna send it to you and be like, Colt, I did it. I don't know. I One don't know. Too that many I'll do Tito's. It, Dang it. <laughs> Here it is. There it is. There's the team. Just no, no, no. It won't team. be the kicker. It'll be their it defense. Off with the kicker too, just so you can. It's a little like you know what I mean. It's it. gonna be just, yeah, just all Washington. T- <laughs> deep, there you go. Just to tap it off right at the end, be like, I'm just rolling the whole team and just play them only like but only put them in your be, lineup when they're work. playing oh the Giants, God, Cowboys, and the Eagles. In a and you'll probably just dominate. Just to try it. That's like six <gasps> wins. Yeah, that I'm at least just to try it. Come on, I just need one more to get in. Potentially be six wins. Oh my god, I don't need that many more to get into the playoffs, right? I really might do this. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So you could you could be there just with Washington. Just try it. (laughs) Do a, a little research to find out. So, speaking of that. Moving into the fantasy a little bit more real quick. I'm a redraft girl. I am in a few dynasty leagues, but I'm far too instant gratification to really excel at dynasty because they're like, oh, I'll give you, you know, someone good. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head for a first round pick. I'm like sold, you know, like, and then the next year I'm like, oh, I don't have any picks. (laughs) You know, I just, I don't, I know. I don't do well with Dynasty. I'm a redraft girl. And plus with Dynasty, if I I trade poorly or if I have drafted like rookie poorly, I have to live with that for a long time. With redraft, I'm like, eh, there's always next year. You know what I mean? I don't have to like rebuild from scratch and be like, how do I prioritize my picks versus whatever? I'm just like, oh my God, that takes so much work. (laughs) Exactly. I can just right, I'll draft a new one next like, year. Well, it's fine. Oh well. Good thing I have twenty five <laughs> others. You know, like <laughs> 
Yeah, no big deal. So if you're going into redraft, what's like your go-to mm-hmm. strategy that you, what's, what's Lauren's thing? What's she really like? I mean, I, there's the running back, running back guys. I mean, obviously it depends on my your, strategy your is the Bruce Lee strategy. It like is that. called what's your, be what's like your go-to water. strategy. So you have to be as fluid as possible in every single draft because every draft is going to be different. So what I really like to do is uh, do what they call tier based. And I like to have a pool of guys that I know are, well, I've not know, but I predict are going to have similar points towards the end of the season, right? So it's not that one particular guy. It's that guy who can have a similar amount of points. And I have those guys based in tiers. This is a fantasy footballers have this tier based construction in their ultimate draft kit plug. You know, Hey, they do write me a paycheck. So, but it is, yeah, for real it's, I've used it ever since they came out with it, even before I worked for them, it is incredibly powerful. And that's what I do. I, I bring that tier based system with me in my drafts. And actually it's on an app now, which is super cool. But if you miss out on a guy, you avoid that draft tilt. And if you've ever gone through the draft tilt, it's real. The struggle is real if you miss out on your guy. But hey, if you miss out on him, it doesn't matter. There's another guy who's in this tier of similar fantasy points that they're going to score. So at least you can have that going for you there. Um, So it's a combination of being as fluid as possible because you know there's going to be some drunk dude who's just like, Aaron Rodgers, like first round, you know what I mean? And like that literally did happen last year. It was hilarious. So you're going to have those where someone just picks someone silly the entire time. And so you've got to combat that, which is being fluid, making sure you're not married to a strategy. You're tier based. And then also I do like to do a roster construction. So I want to make sure I've got consistent starters at my quarterback, running back, wide receiver, hopefully wide receiver one and wide receiver two, if I can get lucky in my tight end. Once I have those guys that are my solid core, then I can start to be a little fun with it and then mess everyone else's draft up because then I'll start to do fun stuff like reach and do things silly. And, you know, then I kind of like to do that if the draft allows me to do so. So I try to be as flexible as I possibly can sprinkle a little bit of subterfuge in there. I'm really good at that. In fact, I bought everyone several rounds of shots in one league that we had, which is our, our like bar league. I bought everyone shots, like four or five rounds of shots. And like, I would pretend to take mine, but then like I did the coyote ugly trick and I like spit it into my beer without actually taking it. So everyone is hammered and I am totally sober and kicking butt in that year. I had Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, and George Kittle and uh, <laughs> Drew Brees were, was my quarterback in a redraft uh, 12-person league. Because <laughs> I got everyone hammered. I know. I'm, I'm not – I am not above that. I will do oh. it. You got to do what you got to do, man. That's it's an entirely strategy. male bar league and they're all older and they're all arrogant and they totally well, think that they're better than me I mean, or they don't take me seriously. Important. They learned their lesson. Watch it. I'm fa- I sounded very scary. I swear to God, I'm not a threatening person. <laughs> I like it. I mean, girl, you did. I noticed this actually. It's funny that you did that because I noticed that uh, yesterday during your show, you were saying Dave had asked you something and you answered it and you you can tell that you're the, the mom because you went with the, you were like, don't you dare. You, you got the finger out like, you know what this means, right? You know, it's like, don't you dare yep. do that. It, you just yep, point check. at him when they it's know. There. Right? Like, or if I'm like, I saw it come out yesterday and I was like, there football. it is. That's, oh, that's mom, mom phrase. Right <laughs> check. So. 
I really do enjoy uh, listening to everybody's kind of like strategies about how they attack things. Cause I've tried some different things, you know, I've done the running back, running back. I went mm-hmm. through the stretch where it was, I did quarterbacks in round nine and 10 back to back, trying to take two good quarterbacks and then just went each week trying to figure out which quarterback to pick and being completely pissed off at the end of the week that you picked the wrong guy. But so this season so far for all of my, I've only done basketball <laughs> type of stuff, but I've went in with zero <laughs> people Good. that I want. No, I like and that. I, just, I like I, that. I, I'm like, I don't even want anybody because I'm going to be disappointed when I don't get them. Right. If, if you don't get Tyler one, one and you get McCaffrey <laughs> right after that, it's kind of just like, okay, I mean, I got to see who's there when I'm there. Yeah. I, let me see. Let me see when I'm there. I'll decide yes. what I'm going to do. But so far I can't admit man. I have been That's using right the tier based system from the draft kit because I did do the early bird buy in. It is like way cheap right now. If you want to go over there and get it and it is a lot of data. And like she mentioned, it's on the app now, which is super cool. Cause I really enjoy that. You can mm-hmm. go in there and you can like highlight players that you're looking at. Right. And oh, it's guys so that you want to avoid so and like helpful. all sorts of stuff. Oh my gosh. It's, it's beyond. And actually speaking of which, I'm going to jump so into it, answering it's, a it's question you were cool. going to ask me in a minute. Um, that's actually my, um, an article I will be coming out with um, this week, possibly early next week is I'm actually reviewing okay. and going over all of the research tools of the UDK. Um, and, basically breaking down how to use them as an analyst, as well as as a fantasy player. The strength that is in it is unbelievable, the amount of information that you can find in here. So that is something I'll be coming out with this week for the ballers. (laughs) That's awesome, because that that is I mean, it's a. Having they have data stuff for that is too. like, I mean, <laughs> if you're serious, like if you, if you just want to have fun and, you know, pick names and do that and hang out with your buddies and just have it be, yeah, there's, yeah, I mean, there's ways to do that. They'll yep. give you a lineup. If you need, if you need a lineup, there's tools in there that will literally just give you a lineup awesome. and you can go just plug it in. Right. And, and do your thing. So it's, it is super cool. And that's what I've been using so far. So my only, um, my only battles so far has been um, figuring out like if I'm in tier four for my wide receiver, but I got a tier three tight end still. And it's, you know, it's like, oh, the tier, the tier jumping See, that's, makes, is like the only that's kind legit. of like thing that, that is I've legit. had to kind that's of deal with without having a single based player that I don't approach want, approach you know, just being like, tiers because just jumping around. You're like, right? oh my God, but there's this guy available. There's this guy available, but I am. I have no tight end. I have no RB2 yet. And then I'll go back and look at that tier and what what's going on in that tier as well. So that it, it that takes practice and it takes a little bit of feel, but it's really about what you are most comfortable with in your draft, because the last thing you want to do is have guys on your team that you don't want. Then it's not fun. Right. Getting hammered. Right. Absolutely. So like, don't get what hammered. Would you say is one thing you absolutely have to avoid. That's true. Avoid me at all costs. <laughs> yeah. Or, do, that or only we, we found once. out doing a draft with you. That only happened uh, once. It was several years ago. Avoid drafts you know, okay. with Lauren. I also yeah, lost miserably you even with that awesome roster. And your team's going to be terrible. So <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. So no. Yeah, it is. It, whatever. Oh yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's just how the fantasy is though. Right. I mean, you can, you can feel like you've done all the right things is I've, I've heard like recently, like there's some people I, that have kind I, of been I, I like don't ever want to say absolutely no to them. any don't kind of research, them. but like, I also don't want to be like, that? okay, it's 100% correct. 
there's always, because we're guessing, this is what fantasy football is. It's educated guessing. So there is a, I like to use a healthy mix of everything. So I look at projections. Um, I, I even sprinkle in a little bit of strength of schedule in that too. Um, another thing I would avoid doing on your draft is what I said I was going to do with Washington. Don't have too many players from one team on your squad. Try to be as diversified as you possibly can. That just saves you a headache, if anything, on right. your bye week. You know, so there's things to pay attention to. And speaking of bye weeks, having an understanding of your bye week, but don't let it force you to avoid taking a player simply because they have the same buy as maybe another wide receiver on your team. What you can do is later on in that draft or keep your eyes open on the waiver wire, but you can go ahead and pick somebody up that you know is you can plug in if you want. Again, that's usually what the waiver wire is there for or trades are there for that. So, I mean, my biggest one is just don't get hammered and unless you really want to. And then it's just, it's like a whatever draft then fine, but I've learned from experience. <laughs> <laughs> That was definitely uh, what, mm-hmm. what you just mentioned was a thing for me there for a while. I, I battled with that for a little bit of trying Doesn't to matter. avoid the bye Doesn't weeks matter. early, right? Like, cause you rounds two and three, you're like, but well, this guy's a stud and this guy's a stud. Yeah, but they have and the same bye every week. Player, That's every one player week has that bye you're weeks. There are going to be people in your league that are dealing with several bye weeks. And that is actually guys. a place where you can capitalize right. as a league right. mate. When someone is dealing with half their team, that's exaggeration. Let's say four or five guys, maybe three guys that are their starters. They need someone. You've got someone on your bench, but you have you want this is when that trade happens and you can be like, boom, what's up? And then you've helped each other in a trade. Always keep the sanctity of the trade. Right. Genius. I've actually done that where right after the draft, I went through and I looked right off the bat to see Genius. what teams messed up Genius. and did that where, where they got like three different guys on the same week. And I started mm-hmm. just paying attention to see what they were doing early in the season. That's right? so much fun to watch especially for, Especially if their teams like kind it's of so struggling much fun in the to beginning. Watch for, especially like they, when somebody else is dude. Coming up. Like, yeah, oh, that's another to tip also is way. do not be afraid to yeah. draft the insurance uh, guys. We used to call them handcuffs. I prefer using insurance uh, guys. Don't be afraid to draft them, even if their starter isn't on your team. If anything, mm-hmm. you now have a starter. Right. If that person, if that player gets hurt, let's knock on wood. We'd ever want to, you know, hope injury on anybody. Or you immediately have some of the most lucrative trade quantity, trade asset is the word I'm looking for there. You have an amazing trade asset that you can go ahead and, and usher in there. So that, right. that's something I like to look for later in those late later rounds. Once I have the meat of my team, I'm like, who can I pick up that people are going to want later? Right. Yes, I could see you, that happening. Uh, I could see that happening. I would prefer not to, but if it does fall that it happens, that's okay. And the reason why is because they have two completely separate identities and I'm okay with that. Uh, Nick Chubb is going to be that explosive big time ground and pound line from scrimmage guy. And Kareem Hunt is going to be your explosive PPR campaign. Now I wouldn't suggest doing this, but if that's how it falls, not the end of the world. Are we really? Oh, my God. Listen to me. Just chap. Yep, 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 yep. Got it. Right. <laughs> we're, we're getting pretty close to our hour here. I want to jam through some things for you. Yeah, we have. Oh, no, we're good. We're good. This has been good so far. But this is a uh, Bills-centered show, so I want to get your opinion a little bit on the Bills here. So I'm going to run through a couple things with you. I'm going to give you an opportunity to draft a Bills running Josh back Allen. in your fantasy league. It's Moss, it's Singletary, <laughs> none or none of the above. Who is give me Lauren one for me, thanks. Draft? <laughs> 
None of the above. QB1, QB1, RB1. Yeah, QB1, right? So that tends to be the common theme, I think, for most people right now. It's just, it's so hard to determine. This is actually the one thing that I've been thinking about writing about, right? But I was like, I think everybody else is going to do this. But there's three backfields that I, I love, but I know that I don't want any part of them because they're all high powered offenses. They they score a lot of points. They're on the field a bunch. See, I would write about I it anyway because you'd be because surprised how many people may either change their opinion I, I or have like a different it. insight it, simply because it, you may bring a different tone of voice or a different perspective to possibly the same argument and you may uncover some data that previous people who have written about it haven't even thought of yet. So go ahead and write that. If that's something interesting to you, do it. Mm-mm. Right. I just, th- th- to me, this is one of the backfields. I like it's, you can't wrap your head around it. I mean, and even if you look at the numbers, the numbers don't seem to change, right? I, I can't look at this and say, I can add one game in, right? That's obviously going to happen, mm-hmm. but I can't look at this offense right now in the Bills backfield and be like, one yep. of the, unless one of them just completely disappears. I don't see one of them like completely excelling and we don't run the ball a ton. Brian Dable just came out yesterday and said, we just need to be efficient at running the ball. We don't need to run more. We don't need to like, we just need to be efficient, right? This team doesn't have any, any ideas about just being a run first team. So I I have a harder time with this backfield. So let's move to besides QB one, because we know everybody wants him because he he is turning into the man now, but he's way too, way too high for my reach. I I've done it in one league where I just went right <laughs> off the bat and I'm like, I'm just going to do it to see what everybody else does. That's and true. I just took That's him true. First, Good point. You know, like right off the bat to get it over with. But I typically don't draft bills anyways, because it ruins my weekend sometimes. This one's tough. Right. So I stay I away from him, but who's your wide receiver you're taking? I might take uh, the Beasles. The I might take Beasley. I, Yeah. Yeah, and he's mm-hmm. he's he quietly gets it done, and you can get him pretty he, late still in drafts as well. So wrong, I love right? his I mean, value. He's close to um, but honestly, a year, if I'm really going to want I, a, I mean, a receiver from Buffalo, I want Diggs. But if I can't get Diggs, I would take Cole Beasley. He's a solid wide receiver three, or even a flex opportunity, um, especially depending on the right. matchup too. So uh, yeah, take, give me some Cole Beasley. Yeah. Yeah, I like him too. Uh, and, and it's the Bills, mm-hmm. I think, are one of those teams when you're looking at it, the drop off from the wide receiver one in drafts to all the other wide receivers on the team is crazy, right? Like well, it, it's a huge drop before you himself. get to Beasley he's and Gabe Davis. Football, and even Emmanuel Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders is Sanders, like though. buried down there way late. So it's. <laughs> what? So when did John Brown, I, I've, I, John I think Brown he's left this off season, right? Year. I actually okay. think he might right. so pull I'm, I'm curi- Denver, second year in Denver numbers right. in Buffalo this year. Right, but I'm curious to this see season, this season, when it yeah. was like so Diggs not, and everybody else. Not a ton I'm available. curious to see it's how that is going touches, to change and depending he, he on what is going on with this lack of run game, making the run game more efficient to me says we want to open things up for Josh Allen in the passing game. So we're going to get very creative. And I wonder if they're going to – didn't they do quite a bit of um, three wide receivers on the field? Yeah, and it was to the Rams, right? Yeah, one of those two. And yeah, that is interesting. A ton. That is second, very interesting to me. And Dawson Knox, uh, he's yeah, still with the think, Bills, yeah, right? Rams or Chiefs, he one was, of the two. He second. had flashes. That's interesting yep. as well. So it's curious. Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. I do right, like yeah. him too. He's, I do. He he's a big play guy. Yeah, Wait, it's going to be weird to see because the, the Gabe Davis thing has been a big conversation. And people, a lot of people like Gabe Dave Davis, right? And 
the numbers are there. Yeah. Yeah. The numbers are there too, but I think his numbers that he had last season are probably where he would be this season. So, I mean, if you're cool with a guy that's going to be in the fifties, you know, overall at the end of the season, that's probably where he's going to be. He might get you a couple of weeks that you need it, but I don't know that he's, he's going to be like a guy you could roll out there every week. But I mean, I think this is going to be between the Titans and the Bills. I mean, and I think the only edge the Titans have right now is just a solid run game. And I honestly think that is it. My only other concern is that Josh Allen took such such a huge monumental step forward that was so impressive. And I think it caught so many teams by surprise. I'm wondering how many teams now are going to be catching up to his play. So he's going to have to work even harder to make that happen, which is why I'm glad they added such veteran pieces like um, Emmanuel Sanders on the squad. That makes me happy too. Um, And I really want him to succeed. I'm, I'm like, I don't want to say a closet bills fan because I'm not ashamed of it, but I am like, um, I'm a quiet bills fan compared to y'all like, eating mustard and jumping into tables and stuff. But I do, I do like that. And I'm, I'm so impressed with Josh Allen. When you see a guy work so hard and see that (laughs) hard work and that dedication and that grind pay off into becoming the best quarterback from last year, it's awesome to see. And I love that. I love that. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure I see regression oh, yeah. there. And to me, there's been a lot of talk about the regression that could happen. And sure, I mean, yeah. I, of course. I mean, things change. It's a different seat. Yeah, I have a hard mm-hmm. time with it just because nothing offensively changed, right? Except for you. I feel like we – I love John Brown, but I feel like Emmanuel Sanders is a better route runner, and that's going to create a different space for everybody else on the field. I mean, so I'm it's going to be exciting to see what you try to do to stop <laughs> hey, Buffalo. Hey, who cares? You know, when they've got four guys on the field. A touchdown is a touchdown, be a my friend. there somewhere, right? They might – they're a, de- they're a decoy probably, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, but they're in there. So – all right. So finishing up here before we close out completely, I want to nerd out with you a little bit, find out some outside of, you know, not necessarily outside of football things, but some other things going on with you. So the nerding out session, I know you told me you're not a big sports book person, um, right? But who, who do you like to read? You got a favorite author? What's a, what's a book that you were just like, hey, if you, if you want to read a book that's cool or something, what do you got? Okay. Um, I like, I love to read. First of all, if anyone doesn't know me, I'm a book nerd. I can read a very large book in a day, read very fast. I love to read. So I read a lot of genres. Um, recently my latest kick has been Agatha Christie, all of her, uh, mystery. If anyone doesn't know who Agatha Christie is, do yourself a favor and go read some. Uh, she is just, there's a reason why she has sold more copies than like everyone in the world, except for Shakespeare and the Bible. Wow. And then there's Agatha that's, Christie. That's, Isn't that crazy? I didn't know that until, yeah, I have like, have a, yeah, I've got a collection of like all of her yeah. books are like down here. <laughs> yeah. And I love Jane Austen. That's a pretty classic one that I, I'll always go back to. I love Jane Austen very much. Um, my favorite genre, though, is called urban fantasy. A little bit of a niche. I'm not sure if I'm, everyone's really heard of it, but it's a mixture of uh, sci fi, romance, horror and humor, usually written in first person in like a post apocalyptic world, if you will. So there's magic, there's vampires, there's shapeshifters, there's all sorts of fun stuff and it's usually hilarious a lot of action crazy stuff going on but um, my favorite author is her name is Ilona Andrews and uh, it's it's a husband wife writing team and I literally read that book and I all 
of her series of books and I LOL, I laugh out loud to the point where I am crying and I just, I can't read her stuff fast enough. It is absolutely fantastic. It's just brain candy. I can read it. I got my historical romances for my brain candy. Give me a book and I'm a happy I like it. This, lady. This was one of the most the, uh, energetic that I've seen of anybody talking about books so far on, on this show. So, right. So I know it's sad. It's great like, I'm, I like I'm a it. nerd. Well, that, I'm a huge nerd well, and I don't care. You're in the right place. I mean, <laughs> I think that's the Buffalo nerd is that's what we're supposed to have on this show. So I love it. So exactly. let me ask you, what do you love about football? Man, uh, yeah, like what brought Lauren really to just dive question. into this fantasy football space and be like, yeah, girls don't do this, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to be really good at it. And how that what happened? Being competitive. So really, it's all about the competition, right? So I played sports growing up. I'm a I'm I love I want to call myself an athlete, but I'm not anymore. I was back in the day. So I don't want to say I'm an athlete because like I can barely run up the stairs. Not the point. But I really love sports and I really love watching sports. And um, when I went to the University of Missouri, I ended up falling in love with football even more than I already did. I have two older brothers. So, of course, they watched football a lot. And it was always part of your family traditions and Thanksgiving, which is around my birthday and Christmas. So it kind of evolves, you know, revolves around family, revolves around competition, which I absolutely love. And for me, having two older brothers and growing up with them, I never really realized I was a girl until I was much older. Because for me, it wasn't about gender. For me, it was about being better than them. In every single thing that they did, I wanted to do better. And it didn't, that didn't matter to me. So especially when someone says, oh, you don't know about this, you're a girl. I'm like, hold my dear, watch this. You know, like that's kind of how I roll. And um, I love to write and I love to read as we all know about this. So I have a Bachelor of Journalism from the University of Missouri. And combining that with my love of sports, you now have kind of this perfect storm of me being able to talk, which I obviously love to do, write, which I obviously love to do, be competitive, which I love to do. And what's been great about the fantasy industry is that you, people become very, very blind to the the color of your skin, to your gender, to the way you look, to your height, to your weight. I mean, those things become invisible when you know what you're talking about and you can foster and create a community with like-minded people who just want to talk about the same thing. It doesn't, those other things don't matter. And this has created a, such a healthy space. I, I feel, um, I'm 37, so I've been through several different employment places before that have been very unhealthy and, and not fun. So as much as we know, we like to complain about how Twitter is so easy. Evil. Um, for me, it's been uh, absolutely wonderful, like making connections like with you. It's been phenomenal. I, I love doing this kind of stuff. And so it's this perfect thing. Everything about football really is is brought me to this sport. So there's not really just one thing. That was a oh, long winded I mean, answer. That's a great answer. I mean, you can tell it's it's, it's the truth, right? I mean, that's a yeah, I, know. I like it. That's, a, that's what we're supposed <laughs> to be getting out of this. Right. I'm hoping as we get to find out some, you know, different things, why everybody's here. I don't know how to be boring. Like, I really yeah. like football. It ball, is fun. The way the ball <laughs> flies <laughs> through the air. <laughs> it's cool. It spins. Yeah. Just no, catch it. It's really awesome. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's usually family. And, you know, it's very cool, though, that, the, you mm -hmm. know, your competitive side is what really has brought you to wanting to, you know, to be the best at it, which is cool. And it's fun and you're good at it. So I, I think you should keep jamming away and keep putting your uh, brothers behind you for I sure. I appreciate it. So. I, you know, it's so funny about that too, is that, so even in my own leagues, like I'm in a lot of leagues, 
I have evolved into not caring how my own teams do because I work in this industry of helping other people with their lineups and helping other people draft and stuff. So I'll lose and I don't even care because someone will text or, uh, you know, message me or text me and be like, I won. I'm like, yes, yes. I'm so glad I told you to start so-and-so. And they're like, thank you. Like that is so much more fulfilling to me than if I won and the people that are relying on me for advice lost. Like that would, that's not fun. No, that's cool though. And I think that's good for people to know, right? It's like, it's when people are doing this stuff. Yes. It's, it's, it's an educated guess like you've talked about. Right. But it's not like you're just spitting stuff out to spit it out. Right. It's like, it's things that you believe right. in and things that I you're going to do right? and it's same, things that you would do yourself. Right. I'm not, I'm not telling people to do something that I wouldn't be willing to do. Like, yeah, don't, don't draft mm-hmm. Gabe Davis. And then every draft I, I draft Gabe Davis. Right. That's not, that's not like what I'm yeah. going to be doing either. So it's very cool. Do you have a podcast you listen to? I do yeah. a lot. I listen to a lot. I actually work for the podcast I, I listen okay. to. So the, there's that one. But I, okay, so Fantasy Footballers is obviously one of my favorites. Uh, fantasy Pros, those are the two that I really first started uh, listening to when I got into fantasy football. Um, and I also work for those two places now, which is great. Um, but there are so many good podcasts out there. Just go to your podcast platform and search Fantasy Football and just Take a listen to as many as you can. I mean, you can pop them in your car. You can put them on your headphones. I mean, I do it while I'm working out or taking my dogs for a walk. You know, it's just it's there are so many out there. It's hard to name just one that I just love more than the other because I I, there's so many. especially meeting people and going on shows and stuff. You go back and you listen to people's stuff, yeah. right? You know, you, you, you meet somebody, you chat with them. Then it's like, you go and listen. It's like you, I've had Dave on, you know, he's your partner in crime on the two point stance. Yeah. So yesterday I'm, I'm listening and watching the two point stance, right? I, it's cool to hear other people's opinions and, you know, see what's going on. And you know, of course let them do their shout I mean, we'd be here until like next Saturday. If I listed off all of my I, favorite I, I like podcasts. It. I mean, that's, that's just how I am too. You know, I bounce around. So it's just cool to hear. So finishing up on the one more question. You got one play, one thing that's just like is in Lauren's side about football. It's just a flag that was thrown, something terrible that happened. You just can't get rid of. I have a person. I can't. I can't deal with. Player is absolutely on the table. It's Joe Mixon. Can't do it. I cannot. I cannot do it. I can't do it. Um, I'm all about second chances. That is kind of my mantra. I have needed second chances, but I can't do it with Joe Mixon. I can't do it. So off the field stuff aside, that is part of why I I dislike the player, but I'm going to focus just on fantasy. I am so sick of everybody hyping up Joe Mixon for him to keep repeating what he does every single year. I stay away. I tell everybody that I ever talk to to stay away. Or if you do happen to draft him, have your expectations limited. Because if he succeeds them, great. If not, you don't want to hear me say I told you so. But Joe Mixon is one of those players that I get a lot of heat for disliking him, and that's okay. And I'm not saying that everyone else should dislike him simply because I do. It's just a personal thing for me. I can't get over his on-field production. Like um, one of his O-linemen went down in one game. I can't remember the specific one. And uh, he was hurt. And Joe Mixon like stood up and just looked at him and then just like made this face and walked away. Like this is a guy who was blocking for you to get you yards. Like what are you doing? Like maybe it was something I completely missaw. Maybe it was just because I have a bias. I don't know. But that it's just been those things over and over where I'm like, you know what? I can't force it anymore. Like I'm not. I, I don't I don't care for See, him. I feel so bad. 
yeah, and he just gets crossed off immediately stuff, when the draft starts. Immediately, gets, immediately. <laughs> if he's available in like fourth, fifth, sixth round, I'm still not taking yeah. him. I actually, I, I don't yeah. think I have any mix in. So bad. I don't think I have any mix in right now myself either. Now that I think about it, I know it's and bad because that's a good offense. I think too, or it has potential to be a good I offense. Love right? like, I, I love Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. Be a good team. So, all right. Yeah, and I feel bad. I hate to end it like that. I'm, I'm sorry, everybody. For anyone like again who does like Joe Mixon, don't hate me so much. And I, I don't well, hate you for liking him. And it's him. all roster it's just construction, a right? Thing. It's roster construction. If, it, if he's the guy <laughs> you're you, looking sir. for in that spot, then make yeah. him your guy. I mean, you're, you're just hearing an opinion here that says don't do it. Right. Like, but if, if you don't want to, then if that's your guy, do it. Watch it be like RB1 this year. Yeah, and I'm just best like, ever, wah, wah. Right? So, <laughs> Sucks. I can't tell Oops. you uh, how much I thank you. You know, thanks for coming on, Lauren. It was a blast. I know yeah. you're super busy. Uh, you guys are jamming out all the time over there. You're writing all the time. Uh, you got anything you want to shout out before we close out? Oh my gosh. I think I said something at the beginning and I forgot what it was. Um, I will be coming out with an article talking about the UDK for the fantasy footballers. Um, I have our weekly uh, with Dave Kluge, uh, the two point stance with football guys, but we have a special guest next week because Dave is going to be out of town. So I'm welcoming Adam Rank from the NFL Network as my co-host on Two Point Stance next Wednesday, which is very exciting. Um, the Fantasy Black Book is also another uh, pre-draft, during your draft. That That's me right there. So yeah. I'm in this. I talk about two divisions. I talk about the Saints um, in the in uh, the NFC South. So that is super exciting. Um, I also talk about the NFC West, talking about the Rams and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you'll be hearing from me. Um, I'm My work is spread out, so I have made this a little bit easier for myself. And it's all on my website, which is stepmomlauren.com. So I try to update that once a week to get all the new content that I've been working on on there and do a lot of video work for fantasy pros. And it's just, it's crazy. It's insane. And I'm excited. I can't wait for football. So yeah, I was, I was going to bring that up, but since you mentioned him that he's going to be doing the show with you, I, I did see that you got quite the little shout out uh, this, this week from Mr. Adam rank, uh, yeah. highlighting about how kick-ass you've been doing. And, um, that's pretty cool. I mean, if you're, if you're in the fantasy space, I'm pretty sure you know who Adam rank is. I mean, when the guy's yes. name is rank, and we're, I mean, it's like, he's gotta be part of it. Right. I mean, like there's no way exactly. that he's not part of it. So that's very cool. Not that Dave isn't worth the listen to on the two point stance, but Agreed. you should definitely, definitely check out the two point stance. It's a great show. And if rank's going to be on there with Lauren, it's going to be a blast. I'm sure. So make sure you check that out. Check out the black book too. Uh, very cool. Uh, tons of information in here, even just like um, about rookies and things like that. A couple and it strategies. also does get updated. Yeah, it, it does updated. get updated once a month, even before the draft. So if you want to wait to purchase it until August, feel free because new stuff does get added to it. Just throwing it out there. Absolutely. It's a printed book. And, so. Uh, the author Joe too, like you can sign up for an extra little thing. If you purchase the book, go to page three. Um, you can get stuff sent straight to your, your inbox. That's going to give you some Pretty updated awesome. rankings and things like that, which came out just this last week. And then he immediately had to send it right back out with updated rankings because yeah. Julio Jones got <laughs> traded. So it does get updated. I can confirm it does get updated. <laughs> it does, and it I does. believe, I believe the first update is already available on Amazon now too, right? With the, the I believe June, so. I for believe June, the June yeah. update is in there already as well. So very cool. Thank you very much for being here, Lauren. Uh, everybody listening in, uh, obviously go to stepmomlauren.com. That's where you'll find her. Just head there. That'll get you everywhere else you need to go. Uh, for everything I'm up to, you know, head over to the Buffalo Nerd. Appreciate you guys listening. Love you guys. Be safe out there. We'll see you next week. Never miss another
another episode. We'll see you next time. Leg up! Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big